We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Uh, Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke. Happy Tuesday. Happy DeGrom Day. Happy Mondesi Day. It's almost happy Alec Manoa Day, too. We'll get into that in a second here. Fred, what's going on? How you doing? Yeah, a lot of happy things going on here. People getting their DeGrom back, who they so desperately need. I think I think Mondesi might be the big get today. Manoa will be, and it will dominate fantasy headlines for a few days. But I mean, for those who drafted Mondesi, a lot of them probably plan their steals around him and have been, you know, probably just dying to get him back. So if they can get him back now, I mean, he could steal 40 bases the rest of the way. If things broke really well, he, he could steal 10 a month, right? Yeah, he could. He could. I think it's unlikely to expect that money, that many, but then again, because, you know, little things happen from time to time. Yeah. Oh, oh, he could steal 10, like the way he, he's coming off a long-term injury. Uh, you know, he could have other injuries and you could get 10. He will decide a lot. There'll probably be a lot of leagues that he decides like he 40 might be a little high, but I mean, I think a projection for Mondesi, like before any of these injuries was probably 50 something steals, which is about nine a month. So, I mean, four times nine, there's 30, he could get probably anything from like mid thirties for steals to like I said, like another injury and you get 10 from them. So that's a like a huge gap up the standings for prob- probably a lot of the teams that have them. Because as I, as I said, I was telling you before we started recording that I have two Montessi teams, one's first in steals and one's third. So right. that's not how I planned it. Um, you know, where I, I was really hoping he would just surge me up eight or nine points here in the next, next six weeks or something like that. But that's not going to happen for me, but I bet it will happen for a lot of teams. Yeah, I, I bet it will. Uh, and the thing is, he's batting seventh today. And he's not batting leadoff, not batting second. I can't really blame him. I mean, the Royals. I mean, you look at their lineup. 
Merrifield's hitting well. Santana's hitting well. Got a lefty on the mound. Sal Perez is batting third. Benintendi quietly having a pretty good year. Uh, and you know, I, I think that that's, although he's not hitting for like a lot of power, but 290, 355, he'll take that uh, with six stolen bases, mind you. So it's not like the Royals. I mean, the Royals, you know, if they were, if the Royals were a fantasy team, they'd be already towards the top in stolen bases. That's right. And that's what we like about the Royals. That was the something coming into the season is we typically mm-hmm. the Royals have been a good source of steals. They have a lot of team speed and, you know, I mean, they've typically been been willing to run. I, we didn't know if that would be the case this year, but so far it has. Uh, you're right. The, the Royals would be a team that would be a better fantasy lineup than it has been a real life lineup because of those stolen bases. So uh, if everybody else is running, then Montessi's going to run. And no matter where he hits in the lineup today, I'd say there's a good chance as soon as he's hitting, He'll be near the top. If you're drafting this, say, for instance, tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Eastern, where would you slot Mondesi? Round how many teams in the league? 12 teams. It's the NFBC second chance. You know, it was not really a hypothetical yeah. question, obviously, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. When I said how many, I didn't say hypothetically how many teams yeah. in the league. Uh, so, like, in, in his ADP was somewhere in the second round, I think in yeah. those leagues. Now that was in a 15 and a 12 might've been like late he was second, late, early third. Late second. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll drop him to like the fourth just because he's coming off an injury. Maybe I drop him even further. No, I'll, I'll say about the fourth. He's come just because he's coming off an injury. Uh, maybe he gets off to a really slow start or maybe there's a new, another injury happens. Like maybe he's not all the way back. So mm-hmm. just for that, I would drop him to the fourth, but, Beyond that, I mean, all the reasons that he was getting drafted, you know, he had, you're right. He had an ADP around 20, 22, 23, all the reasons he had that ADP, they're all still there. So I I can't take him there just knowing that he's been hurt. Like, I feel like I want healthy players uh, there. It's too bad. If the league was in like 10 more days, so I could see him for 10 days, I might put him all the way back up, but I'm going to say, Instead of maybe ADP 22, 23, I'm going to say ADP 35, maybe 40. I, as I was saying that, I also remember that some of the players who were drafted up there aren't around anymore. Luis Robert or someone like that. Some of them have lost draft value too. So I say 35 to 40. What do you think? I, where do you think I am compared to the, the masses? On well, that? I was thinking about that. Be honest there, because um, I, 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 I'm drafting in the 10th slot. And okay. so Liz and I are drafting. We're drafting three, together. Four, so three, four turn, maybe. Yeah. So either pick 34 or pick 40, you know, 39. Yeah. That That's in the range. Oh, yeah. So for example, you could double tap aces on that one, two turn, then take him and just gamble on getting those 35 to 40 steals and then go sluggers, quality hitters, whatever for their next two or three picks to kind of back him up with, you know, with some, some guys who are more batting average and those guys are going to be around. I mean, there's not a ton of batting average out there right now, but just, just guys who are generally good hitters, but don't steal bases. So you, you could easily double tap aces, um, you know, something like a Bauer Scherzer turn, something like that. And then uh, go Mondesi if he's still there. That's the, the interesting thing about these Memorial day drafts is there's no real ADP for them, right? Like there's no, exactly. It's fresh powder. You know, this is it, the first of them, I think. Yeah. Uh, so if you double tap aces, Whit Merrifield will be gone, I think, by the time you pick in the third round, just with how many steals he has so far. Yeah. So if you double tap aces, it's fine. You just would go with more balanced hitters for your next three or four picks. Whit Merrifield's got 13 stolen bases, only hitting 250. 
That's a slight draw, but a, dra a drag on him there. But I mean, come on, third, yeah, with some power, and you're, you're not, you're not, you're not getting a complete zero in those stats. So mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, unlike other stolen base artists, you're getting some. Same with same with Mondesi for that matter. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're, you're going to get something there. Although you could get Tatis and get it all. But uh, 13 homers, 10 stolen bases, despite two trips to the IL. He's played 31 games, and he's got you 13 and 10. That's just ludicrous. I, I know. You're not getting Tatis at, at pick 10. I can say as someone who has Tatis in the Tout Wars League that you, did, you, had, you didn't really get the whole 13-10, though. You missed a few of those because he was out. Yeah. You couldn't have him the first day back and things like that. And in NFBC, I'm sure you didn't. people didn't have them in for, him in for some half weeks and lost on some. But whatever. He's been awesome. He'll still go. Even with the shoulder, he's going to go before you guys pick. Um, yeah, I think I think the interesting thing is you could double tap aces, and then like there's going to be hitters. If it's like I said, if it's not Mondesi, the great thing about Mondesi that he doesn't get enough credit for, like you said, is he he's not a total batting average drain. Like people talk about him, like he's this terrible player who only steals bases and hits two ten. No, Joey Gallo is the guy who hits two ten and gets you like amazing he gets you an amazing home run total you don't have to eat 210 to get the the steals from modesty he typically hits around 245 250 and in this day and age that's okay uh yeah. and he gets a few and he gets a few home runs so for that matter 190 is the new 210 by yeah, the way you really totally. i mean with with if when the median nfbc main event batting average is 245 i mean mm -hmm. yeah 210 doesn't kill you it doesn't help you that's right but yeah. you could have i mean Dylan Moore, he kills you at 168. Uh, although yep. he does have five and eight, five homers, eight bags. Mm -hmm. uh, but he, he now he's hurt besides stinking. So he's got that going for him. That's right. So, but if you get, if you get Mondesi, like you can expect him to be, you know, at, like at about a 15, he's typically like a 15 homer type pace. Like you should expect, mm -hmm. you know, two homers a month, two to, two to three homers a month from him the rest of the way. It's not like it's going to be a total zero. Um, yeah, you pair him with like, a, I don't know how far JD Martinez will fall in these drafts, but, um, if he's all the way back up to where he was, like with this hot start and everything. And he qualifies an outfield now. And he he's qualifies an outfield for sure. But I'm thinking someone yeah. of that skill set, someone who you think of as more like a 300 power hitter, um, paired with Montessi, paired with a couple aces. Sounds like a good start to me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I'll, I'll think about him in that three, four mm -hmm. turn. You, I, I, part of me is like, I want to just go with, uh, yeah, I, I just want to go with like just all hitters early and see if we can, you know, steer into this whole pitching environment. Part of me is like, okay, it's very comfortable to have the aces and then just build yes. after that. That seems like the more thing. Uh, there's a freak injury here, by the way. Uh, it, it, it was Zach Plesic just went on the IL for the Indians. Did you see this? Just I came out not. about Did seven this mean minutes this ago. happened after we started. Okay. Yeah, Mandy, Mandy Bell, uh, I think she covers uh, for the athletic, but let me give her proper credit. Uh, no, for MLB.com, Mandy Bell reports that Plesak uh, went and got an x-ray and revealed a non-displaced fracture in his right mm -hmm. thumb. Tito said, uh, Terry, ter uh, Terry Francona said that Plesak was rather aggressively ripping off his shirt, got it caught on a chair at his locker. <laughs> I, you can't make this up. Oh man. Uh, got it caught on a chair at his locker. Well, he remember he had man. a really bad start on Sunday. Well, yeah. he, it was a really so frustrating he, start. I should. So he hurt himself re aggressively ripping off his shirt and 
a Husker Enoa last week hurt himself punching uh, mm-hmm. in the wall or whatever after his bad start. It's like as soon as like it's like as soon as pitchers have a bad start, they need to be monitored for the next couple hours. Yeah, just <laughs> just have a guy that you pay minimum wage to just follow around starting pitchers who have had a bad start and make sure that they emerge healthy for yeah. the for the next two hours or something. Um, yeah, would you? I guess non-displaced fracture that could be a, in his thumb. That could be a l- little while. It could be. It could, very <laughs> it could well be. A, be. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to speculate too much right now, but that could be a drop in some leagues. Like he hasn't been awesome this year. Uh, like some people were expecting. All I right. guess we'll just wait and see on a timeline, but that could be like, Anoa. like, like I, I thought Anoa was a, was doing great and he's out two months. And I still said in most situations, I would drop him. Plezak has a 414 ERA and a 458 FIP. Mostly because he's given up a lot of home runs. He's only got a 102 whip, but yeah. he's a good batted ball luck to get that 102 whip. I, I, I'm going to say if he's out six to eight weeks, like I would, in some leagues, I would look at dropping him. Yeah, he's definitely on my do not fly list now for uh, tomorrow night's draft. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. But... I just think like if you're going to hold a bench spot, again, we talk like if it's I, if you have IL spots, totally different. But if you're thinking NFBC, if you're going to hold a bench spot for a pitcher for, we'll see, but a couple months, uh, you better be pretty sure that when he comes back, he's going to really help you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, and oh, but just it's just such a dumb injury. But dumb injuries happen in baseball. That's, that's yeah. what they do. Uh, just thought I'd break into that. You know, we we're talking Mondesi, but uh, the other massive, huge news is Bryce Harper is on the IL, and uh, it's a hand injury. The funny thing about this is, for a while, they just insisted he was getting a day off on that Sunday, but then you see him bunt, and you know, okay, come on. And after the fact, Joe Girardi says, "Yeah, right, yeah, you know, I withheld information because uh, I didn't want." He believed it to be a competitive advantage not to not share it there. After insisting there was no medical issue at hand. I think it's with his shoulder, actually. Not as I got to double check on the reasoning for this, but come on, this is this is a killer injury too. Oh yeah, a- absolutely. And yeah, Harper, like you said, like he he wasn't healthy, and now he, yeah. So he's. Uh, I was just looking up the the reason for yeah. He held withheld the information because he felt like it was a competitive disadvantage to share it. Um, yeah, I, this stuff should be illegal. This is just terrible. They should get, they got to find him for that. That's ridiculous. And you got to realize too. I mean, it's, yes, there's competition, but there's also, I mean, know who your audience is, know who's, you know, I, I know, it, you know, I'm self-involved here when I say, think about the fantasy owners, but my God, how many people play fantasy? How many people rely on this? And you're just straight up lying. Yeah. I mean, I, I get a little used to it because I spend a lot of time following the sport of hockey where they don't even have to tell you what's injured on the player. They oh. just have to tell you if it's above or below the waist, upper body, so lower, upper body, body yeah. lower body. That's it. That's all they have to tell you. And they have to tell you, I think either day to day or indefinitely one or mm-hmm. the other. That's it. And it can be the most obvious injury and they won't, it, you know, a player can skate off the ice holding his shoulder and they will be like upper body injury, no timetable for him. And, you know, and you just have to watch practice to see when they return. So I'm used to it. Um, yeah, with Harper, you knew something was wrong. He was 0 for his last 16 with 10 strikeouts. Uh, Girardi saying that, you know, that he just needed, I guess, I don't know. Girardi saying he had another day to re- needed another day to reset, saying that yesterday. It sucks for fantasy owners because a lot of people probably, he's such a good player that a lot of people probably just hopefully put him in their lineup. They were just hopeful, right? They, right. Sure, I'll put him in my lineup. Maybe I can get two or three games from him before Friday. You know, maybe right, he'll be back right. in the lineup Tuesday. Or if it's a weekly, right? They're just like, oh, okay, I'll I'll leave him in. And 
now they're going to get a zero and yeah, I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. I do understand. Like, I actually, I don't really understand that much in baseball. Like it's not, the players don't come in contact with each other. It's not that much of an advantage. It's not like if you tell someone that you got an injured shoulder, they're going to go and hit it or something like that. I, I do understand it a little bit in sports like hockey, but, but again, the NFL is the most violent sport going as far as team sports go and they have to divulge everything. The, yeah. the the injury and the the how much he's practiced and whether he's questionable, probable, or doubtful, they have to be, and it's because of sports betting and them wanting to be transparent. And I think that other sports would be wise to follow the NFL's lead on that. I think the NFL is way ahead of other sports on that, which is just wild to say. But then again, mm -hmm. I mean, it's something the NFL's always been way ahead when it comes to marketing yep. the game. They're way ahead yep. too. Yeah, uh, and, and it's a sport where you could gain the greatest advantage from yep. knowing your opponent's injury, right? Like if you knew Absolutely. something's injured on your opponent, you can go right at it if, if you if you so choose. And But it's the sport that's, that's gambled on the most by far. And so I think that's more prevalent with the NFL to make sure that they keep their house tidy in that area. And uh, But I think other sports, baseball, hockey, whatever, I think they would be wise to, to have come up. It's not hard. Come up with an, an official criteria for these things and 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 make it mandatory and do what the NFL does. If someone's lying, if someone's like like doing not following the system, then find them. That's yep. the NFL. The NFL find finds them teams every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, some it, it's a wrist and forearm bruise related to a hit by pitch that happened way back on April 28th, and he's been dealing with it. Remember, there was another Sunday night game where he was bunting, and we're like, okay, what's going on there? And then he struck out later in that game, and he looked pain looked in pain. You know, it's just they've he's been dealing with this for a while and they've just they've just kind of been trying to fake it. And the funny thing is he, he was actually playing pretty well prior to that, hadn't been getting any RBIs because nobody had been getting on base in front of him. And my God, if you're if you're if you're uh again, we'll go back to the if you're drafting tomorrow night question. Mm -hmm. How much of a discount do you need before you think about taking him? I'd take Modesty first, I think, before yeah. Harper. Oh, I would easily. actually for sure. Yeah. yeah so easily. Harper. So you're going to have to carry. So do these leagues, I'm not in one of these leagues drafting. When do they start? Tomorrow night's the first one. Uh, with the, oh, the games start on Memorial Day on Monday. Okay. Um, so you have until Monday where you could get Harper back at, right? This would be this. I also need to be backdated a little bit, just a little bit. Um, so you may not have to keep them out for long. Um, I'll say like round, but, but this injury could linger and nag them. I'd say round like, four or five. Does that make sense? If he was around two before round four or five, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's just because we've had so many injuries, I guess in a 12 teamer, it's one thing in the main event. Oh, I, I in a 15 teamer with mm -hmm. no IL spots, I'd really need a big discount. I'd need a bigger discount there than mm -hmm. in the 12, uh, just because of replacement value. Uh, I think five or six. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, all about percentages, right? Like missing, yeah. say the first two weeks of your six month season um is is not as big of a deal as if you if you believe say Harper's going to miss the first two weeks of your four month season so right. it's all about percentages that way and how long you have to hold someone on the bench for and how many weeks you don't have them so uh you know in a 12 replacements are easier to find uh yeah I I think I think like maybe like round four or five he was still until this this injury crept in he was still like pretty good Bryce Harper like his, his OPS is 884 you take yeah. that 0 for 16 out it's back in the 900s that's his career OPS is 900 like he was pretty typical Bryce Harper so it's just how quickly can he move past this and you know at, at least the fact they didn't put him on the aisle right away means that they didn't think it was like a huge huge problem so I'm, I'm, I'm staying 
I want to win one of these leagues if I'm in it. So not finish fourth. So I'm going to say I'd still maybe take a gamble and go around four or five, but I do have a bad habit sometimes of getting a little too optimistic on injured players. So sure. still holding Carlos Carrasco, who I drafted in the main. And not coming back my, till July now. Was yeah. my, I totally, I'm expecting around the all-star break now. And it was yeah. my idea and out of myself and Jeff Zimmerman and I take full blame for it. Round 19, round 19 sounded so good for a fourth round pitcher who was supposed to miss April and maybe part of May. That sounded like great value. And now here we are. So, but I keep stubbornly holding them because they never said he keeps getting slowly pushed back. So someone offers you Yon Moncada for Bryce Harper. Do you say no? Yeah, I'd say no. Okay. That's not good enough. Huh? Aaron judge. (sighs) I'm never the judge guy, but yeah, I think I'd take judge. So one of my things with these Memorial Day leagues, I'd actually be a little more willing to to steer into guys who I think are injury risk, but are playing right now because Mm -hmm. the shorter the league is, the less the risk is. So like my concern over judge is judge over six months. I'm still concerned with him over four months, but the shorter the league is, the less I'm concerned about him getting hurt. All right. Fair enough. So I take a little bit of that off, although I know four months is still a pretty long time. Two more IL moves, and then we'll move on. Uh, Kyle Gibson just went on the IL. Uh, and, you know, you would think, okay, whatever, Kyle Gibson. Take a look at what Kyle Gibson has done this year. And it, it's it's actually, he's been pretty good. And yep. I, I'm never the Kyle Gibson guy. But I, I got to say, he, he, he he's really kind of changed his pitch mix. He, he's got a 224 ERA, a 101 whip. 48 Ks and 16 innings. You'd like to see more strikeouts, but still, you're getting those ratios. Now he goes on the IL. It's a right groin strain. It's not an arm problem or anything. So, you know, that's that's at least at least there's that. But you know, you do need your legs to pitch too. Uh, where are you on Kyle Gibson going forward? Yeah, it's crazy to say that. Like, I think my stance is that because it's a groin, and you never know, it could be a fairly short injury, right? Like a like two mm-hmm. weeks or something like that. Misses two or three starts. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think you hold Kyle Gibson. Uh, I think you hold Kyle Gibson uh, at least. You at least hold him until you get a time frame, and if that time frame is a couple of weeks, I think you keep him. And we're talking about someone who is sitting on waivers, not even on opening day, but sitting on waivers in a lot of leagues two or three weeks into the season. Like people still weren't buying in. Um, when I look at his strikeout rate, his strikeout rate this year is actually a little bit higher than a strikeout rate last year. It just looks worse on the K per nine because he's facing fewer batters per inning. So, you know, so he's not striking out. So his K per nine's down about, you know, a half. It's, it's from 775 to 716. But the strikeout, his, his strikeout percentage is actually up a bit. So he's striking out batters a little more than, than he usually does, or they did last year, at least, um, his BABIP's been low. So it's not like the one one whip's not going to stick, but even if that normalized to a one twenty whip, and then the strikeouts per inning came up a little bit because he's facing an extra couple batters every start. Um, you know, his FIPS three thirty two. like if I, I'll wait a couple of weeks for a guy, if he can have an ERA in the threes and a whip around one twenty, right? Right. Right. Not a good team, but you know, a good ballpark to pitch in and yeah, you got a good closer. I wouldn't say a good bullpen, but he does have a good closer behind him at least. Yeah. And I mean, he's got three wins and 10 starts, which isn't awesome, but it's also not, it's not totally terrible to put you on pace for 10 or 11 wins. So, mm-hmm. and in, in this era, I think that's fine. Um, yeah. And maybe even Kyle Gibson could be trade bait this summer, right? Like 
he, he would be the kind of, if he's still pitching well, he could be the kind of sell high guy that a team like the Rangers should just move on. Like this would be the one year in a long time where you could get at least something for Kyle Gibson. So they should probably take it. I, I agree. And I think they should be trading Ian Kennedy too. Yeah. Um, and everybody, but Adelise Garcia, basically. Ian Kennedy to your reds and maybe they can, all oh, the reds are kind of falling back right now. Yeah. We got to actually score a run or two. That'd be nice. Um, yeah. We need some hitters at this point in time. Uh, everybody needs hitters. You know, the, hit, the hitter pool is just getting diminished. We were trying to pick up outfielders this, this week and, Oh, it's giving me a headache. I, I got excited that I got Andrew Stevenson for a buck in the league because he's going to fill in for Victor Robles. Uh, we got excited for Hunter Dozier in another league, and this is also in the main. I didn't get as excited, but I also did get Josh Reddick in a league for a buck. I mean, that's how low we're digging. And then in that same league, I just lost Harrison Bader yesterday. He's got a right right rib hairline fracture trying to make a diving catch. Missed it. Uh, is he a drop in a 15-teamer with no IL? Yeah, I think he I think he probably is. And when we were messaging about these injuries before we went on today, just getting our ducks in a row, I thought, I don't think there's anything from the Bader injury that can help you. Like Williams will start a little more in the outfield. Mm-hmm. Edmund might go to the outfield a bit more often. And Carpenter can maybe start a little bit more. I don't right. think there's much there. I think with Bryce Harper, maybe Brad Miller will play more. He's hit really well this year. I don't think he can hit as well as he's hit this year going forward. But um, Miller might start a lot more often, at least. No, till Miller's in back. Philly. Miller's in Philly. Oh, that's what I meant. Sorry. Sorry. I was jumping back and forth. So from the yeah. two ILs, the two hitter ILs, because you're, okay, gotcha. yeah, 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 yeah. you're saying we're crying for hitters right now. I don't think the Bader injury, like I think, so Corey Schwartz would always say that fantasy baseball is a zero sum game. Every time someone benefits, you know, every time someone loses, every time someone loses, someone benefits. Bader right. lot, but it's not totally always a zero sum game because we lost Bader, who was useful in a 15-team league. I don't think we're going to get anyone who's useful in a 15-team league. I agree. It's zero sum as in the pitchers who are facing the Cardinals have a little bit of a little bit of an easier road. I think with Harper, I think his injury, I think that might open a little more playing time. I would think that Girardi will pr- try to get Miller into the lineup a little more often since he's he's hitting well. They need a guy for Harper. Alex Baum hasn't hit well at all. Maybe some Harper you know, owners out there could just grab Miller. He's not Harper, but maybe he, they can at least in a deep league where there's not a lot on waivers, they can pivot to Miller. We'll see what he does for the rest of the week. But Bader, I don't think the Cardinals are going to give you anything to replace him with. I'd agree with that. And Philly's outfield has just been awful. Mm -hmm. Um, And now the Cardinals outfield is gone. Here, let me throw, float an idea at you here. I think it's going to be at Matt Carpenter that benefits, but instead Mm -hmm. of who I think it could be, but what if the Cardinals called up Norman, uh, Nolan Gorman, their top prospect, He's a, he's playing second base in the minors. Put Edmund yep. in the outfield. Yeah, put O'Neill and get out. I mean, that's a, that's an opening. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, I no. I think that's I think that's a good idea, and I think this is the time of year when teams should look at that. We've had about three weeks of minor league time, so any of these guys who were left at the alternate training site and were just kind of playing against teammates, now they've had enough live action probably to get it back. Anything they lost since spring training. Um, depending on how long Bader's going to be out, I think that would be a good idea. And I think we're going to continue. It's funny, I thought when we, when I sent the first script this morning, I thought by eight. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now we would have talked about Manoa three times over. We haven't got to him yet because of all these recent injuries. We will. Right. But, yeah. You've um, been a very model of restraint. I'm proud of yeah. you. Yeah, but... Uh, but I think I think that we're going to start to see this steady stream. I mean, we had, I mean, Owen Miller yeah, wasn't agree. good, a good prospect, but he was a prospect who came up right before Sunday, and now we've got Manoa coming, and we've had Kalanick, and we've had Kelnick, and we've had Gilbert, and I think we're going to keep seeing prospects come, and it'll be up to us to decipher, you know, who who's the real deal among them, and and who isn't. But now that there's minor league games, I think there's the, the time comes now when these prospects can come up. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, before we talk Manoa and prospects generally, quick note from our sponsors. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com BlueWire. Indeed.com slash blue wire offer valid through June 30th terms and conditions apply. Credit karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more with a credit karma money spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card. And if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. And for those of you on the live stream, you didn't have to deal with that. But thank you for those on the podcast for listening to those sponsorship uh, messages. This podcast is brought to you by WinBet. That's W-Y-N-N. Uh, if you are allowed to bet on sports in your state and WinBet is your source to go to for that, we appreciate their sponsorship. We will have more details from them in the near future about how you can access all their uh, tools and all their abilities to bet. Uh, it is tomorrow. It is the eve of Alex Manoa. 
I don't know who's more excited, you or Clay Link. Clay Link's all over him, has him in uh, Tout Wars. I actually have him in AL Tout Wars, picked him up a couple weeks ago. But, Fred, I didn't activate him this week because the Jays started stupid early yesterday, then announced mm-hmm. it like right around game time, didn't get him act, uh, moved, switched in. But I'm actually okay with it because he's facing the Yankees. I think I'd want him anyways, just for the excitement. Now you have to hope that maybe one of your less important pitchers, do you have anyone starting tonight who could go on the IL? (laughs) Maybe (laughs) someone can go on the IL on your team tonight. Probably will happen. I don't want to put the kibosh on anybody, but yeah, it could happen. Right. Because otherwise you can't put, you can put them up on your Tetworth lineup Thursday, right? Like the day after he debuts. Yeah. And that's, so that's a problem. So I mean, I've, I had to have someone go on the aisle today. I mean, yesterday, it yeah. was basically today, and I could have today. Today, yeah. you've got till midnight for someone to go on the aisle. Come on, guys, you can do yeah. it. Come on, seven. <laughs> One of you middle relievers must have a strain something. Every AL team, right, has a couple middle relievers who are just completely meaningless to their roster. So, one of you guys must have a strain something. We get Manoa in. I would want Manoa in just for the excitement of it. Um, yeah, I talk about a wild swing, especially because it's fairly early in the week on a Wednesday. Like, like his NFBC Sunday fab cost is going to swing wildly based on how he does. Like, he goes six right. innings, one run, woo, it's going way up. And if he goes four innings, four runs, four it goes walks, way down. Yeah, yes, exactly. it goes way down. Uh, so, th- but this is the reality we live in. Like, whether we're bidding 270, 250 on this guy or. 125 will depend on his initial game stat line, which it shouldn't, but it will. So you're a Jays guy. Tell me what sort of prospect is Manoa? What should we look for from him? Yeah. I, so he's a big guy and I know there was some, you know, dispute at the beginning about whether, uh, you know, whether he would have the endurance to be a good starter, but I think he will. Um, yeah. So he's a big guy. Uh, I think like, well, his numbers in spring training, it's so hard without a minor league season last year, uh, mm-hmm. but his numbers in spring training were great. And then his numbers starting off the AAA season were great. Um, and this guy's a really good prospect. Like he was the 11th overall pick when he was drafted to the major. So it's not like this guy's co- like, I heard some people talking about how this guy's like come out of nowhere and he wasn't on prospects list. He wasn't on prospects l- list like a few weeks or a few months ago because there was no minor league season last year. Had there been a minor league season last year, he probably would have done everything we've seen recently. He probably would have done quite well and he would have moved up prospect list. This is the kind of thing we need to be able to adapt to coming off 2020 where someone like Manoa can just jump way, way up. Everybody wanted Nate Pearson before the season and no one had any interest in Manoa. But I think had there been a minor league season last year, that would have been a little bit different. So he may not be ready, but everything he's done since he showed up at spring training this year looks like someone who's ready. So I, I think... I think he can stick with the Blue Jays. Like uh, maybe he'll have a Pearson thing where he's not good and they have to send him back down. But I think he could stick with the Blue Jays. And I also think there's a lot of starting pitchers who are off our radars right now in general, because just because of the lack of the minor league season and the late start this year, there will be some guys in July who have an ERA in the ones in AAA and they get the call and they're maybe not as big name guys, but they're throwing really well and they come into the majors and they help teams. I'd agree with that. Uh, And the thing is, I think you can distinguish uh, Manoa versus like Logan, Logan Gilbert and Daniel Lynch, Gilbert and Lynch had, you know, Gilbert had one, I think triple a start before he got the call. Lynch didn't have any, he was only at the alternate training camp site. I think he's since had one minor league start. It wasn't that great, but Manoa's had three awesome starts at triple a following an awesome spring training. 
Yeah, and, and like I said, he was the, like he was supposed to be an awesome pitcher. Like he got picked eleventh overall in the MLB draft. Like those guys are supposed to be studs. So yeah. he's supposed to be a stud. He got barely like he was drafted in twenty nineteen. He barely got his feet wet that season in the minors, and then last year he dealt with what everyone else dealt with, which was not having a minor league season. So he's working with the Blue Jays coaches at the alternate site, and now you know, and here we are. But this is someone who now he's now he's arrived fast. I think even I think if you told the Blue Jays when they drafted him in twenty nineteen in June. Like if, they, if you said he'd make his MLB debut in under two years, even without a 2020 minor league season, I think people, they, the Blue Jays would have said you're crazy. So he has come faster, um, you know, than maybe they would have expected. But again, he's a college pitcher. So he had a fair amount of experience when they had drafted him. Those guys can come, can come quickly. You know, I, I and again, he, like he's, he's a big guy, like physically his frame, like he should be ready for this. Um, he's not a young pitcher who still needs to fill out or anything. So uh, I, I think he could have plenty of success. It's not the greatest environment to go into. The AL East is not the easiest division. The mm-hmm. Blue Jays are go, are on their way to Buffalo soon, but that's not a great park to pitch in either. So it's not going to be easy on him. I wish he was in the National League. I, do, I, do, I think he's quite valuable, but I do hear some people saying, well, this is the last of the great pitching prospects who are going to come up this year. Like it's the Gilbert and this guy, and then that's it. And I think that's wrong because like I said, I, I think if we had a minor league season last year and one that had started earlier this year, like there would just be guys who would emerge. There'd be guys with a two ERA, a 1.80 ERA, carving up AAA. And then you'd be like, okay, okay, this guy just got called up. Let, let's put a little bit of fab on him. Like I think those guys are going to still exist. If some people think that they should just bid 350 on Manoa because there won't be any other pitchers coming up from the minors that they'll want, I think that's incorrect. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. Uh, it is worth noting that wherever he went, his control was pretty good, as opposed to, say, Lynch, who has had some command issues there in the past. So, uh, I, you know, and I hate the paint with the broad butt brush. You know, every pitcher is different. Sometimes, you know, the first two or three starts, nobody has a book on the guy. You know, the Yankees saw him in spring training, which is interesting that his first start is against the Yankees. So they've actually seen him before. It won't be a complete, utter mystery. Now, I don't know what the lineups were for those, but, you know, the coaching staff at least was there. The scouts were at least there. So, you know, it's not a total blank slate. Yeah, absolutely. I have seen the lineup that he faced with the Yankees. It was medium. It was a pretty decent AAA or sorry, spring training lineup. Um, it doesn't compare. It's not the Yankees full lineup, but it had some regulars in it for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So, so it wasn't bad. It wasn't like he faced an all, you know, almost all minor leaguer uh, lineup. It was, it was decent. So, and the Yankees right. lineup so far, like the Yankees haven't been raking you know, they're doing really well lately, but they're doing really well with pitching. Like the Yankees lineup, I don't think is in its peak form right now. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I would be interested. I haven't done this yet, but I may map out. I want to see exactly how the Blue Jays manage. It's hard with the Blue Jays because sometimes they like to just give Ryu an extra day off and kind of push in a six starter once in a while to pace him out. So like, I'd love to jump forward every fifth game and kind of see if, if the schedule sets up to give Manoa a better chance to hit the ground running. But in all honesty, like the park that they play out of and the AL East and everything like it's it's unlikely that his first say five or six starts will that he'll have a lot of easy ones in there yeah I think you're probably right about that probably well, two starts so a decent chance two starts next week so since he's a Wednesday this week and I'd be, and I'm, I'd be really encouraged too that it's not in Dunedin I mean yep. I, I you know I kind of I, I knew that Dunedin would be a hitter friendly venue but as we as it got warmer that ball started flying it's the wind started picking up uh, you can see like the day patterns and everything flies out to right. You're like, ooh, ooh, I kind of want to avoid this now. Like I, I flat out released Ryan Yarbrough because I didn't want – if I couldn't use him in a two-step, like including yesterday's start, 
and he was kind of a margin guy. This isn't a 12 team, not a 15. Um, I was like, I just, I might as well cut him and I can always pick him back up if I really, really want him. But if I can't use him in a two stepper, this is going to be my cut if I need this spot. Yeah, I understand that. I actually ended up using him wherever I had him. It worked out fine. He didn't get the win, but it worked out fine. But I, I even get the sense from the Jays that they're anxious to leave Dunedin. Even the hitters who are raking there. Yeah, Simeon uh, said he didn't hate it there. Yeah, I, I think they don't. I don't think, which is weird. You'd think like baseball money is so tied to numbers and like Simeon just shut up and hit your 40 home runs in Dunedin and don't worry but and just don't worry about it. But it's not I the hitting think, side of things. It's the infield. It's rock That's hard. right. I don't think they liked being in Dunedin at all. And mm-hmm. I do think this whole thing is wearing a bit on the Blue Jays. Like we talked about this last year and I don't want to get too off topic on this. We talked about it last year. I have heard some things from the Blue Jays just now they got to, now a lot of them are moving their families to Buffalo and they got to move all their stuff to Buffalo and they got to, and some of them are just going to live out of a hotel because they're not even sure how long they're going to be in Buffalo because maybe at some point they can come back to Toronto, maybe by late summer or fall and might depend how they're doing and how COVID's doing. And, and they, and a lot of them dealt with all this last year. And I think, I do think it wears on them a little bit. I think maybe it's easier for some guys, some of the younger guys don't have a family with them and they can just kind of do whatever. But I do think it wears on the guys a little bit. And yeah, they didn't like sure. that ball, and they did not like that ballpark in Dunedin in the facility there, as far as a, as a regular season facility. And also if you watch a lot of Blue Jays games like I do, uh people aren't cheering for them. Like a no, lot of their half games, and half at best. That, yeah, that, that's right. Totally. Yeah. You get the Yankees in there and that's a Yankees crowd. When the Braves were there, I thought it was a, mostly a Braves crowd. Um, the, the Red Rays, Sox. It's across town. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. So I, I felt like I like that's gotta be a little, I know it's not like a packed house and people going nuts and the fans cheers, but typically you can, as you know, you can watch a baseball game and kind of look on your phone or in a, or have your head down and you can tell when a hit happens whether it was the home team or the away team, without even looking at the screen. With the Blue Jays game, I couldn't tell because I hear the same mix of like medium-level cheering for every single hit. 100% agree. And I'm, yeah. so, I'm glad you said that because I was watching the game yesterday, day game. Now, mm-hmm. it was the Rays broadcasters on DirecTV. I think I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think I got the Toronto feed yesterday. Vlad hits two monster shots. And you should – normally, you, you should the crowd should be going nuts. I mean, he yeah. just crushed those, especially the second one tied the game. Yeah, he's like, oh, there goes a home run. Semyon's ball to tie the game in the tenth. It's like drifting, drifting. Oh, that's a home run. Oh, oh, I guess the game is tied. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell. Like the fan, it, there was no excitement. Now some of that might be the Rays announcer's fault, you know, because he doesn't want to hype it right. up. But at the same time, that's a big moment in the game. You just could not tell. Yeah, you can usually hear that crowd noise. And I don't think it bothered them as much last year because there were no fans anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's like everybody was just playing in an empty stadium or pretty much everywhere. You know, everybody was basically playing in an empty stadium last year. But yep. um, but this year, yeah, like they, they, I think they feel a little bit like they're on the road the whole time. I think they'll feel a little better in Buffalo. Uh, I think that'll be a Yankees crowd when the Yankees come to town, but beyond oh. maybe a bit of a Red Sox crowd. But I think beyond that, you know, the Jays will feel a little more like the home team when they're in Buffalo, but nobody can cross the border. So they're not getting Ontario people, Toronto people coming in to cheer for them. But That's I do right. think it'll, but, but most of those guys have played in Buffalo coming up through, I think it'll mostly be a Blue Jays crowd and hopefully that'll be good for them. But, and I did start to feel, I don't feel sorry for them exactly is the right word, but I did start to feel some empathy for them. I think with, it's just the second season in a row. I know the Raptors right now were adamant. They said, when next season starts, we need to be in Toronto. We need to be yeah. in Toronto. We need to be in our homes or condos or whatever. Right. We need to have some stability. Like one year, this is enough. We hated it in Florida. We're not going back. We need to be in Toronto. And I think the Blue Jays feel the same way. I, I don't blame them. 
I don't blame them at all. We all need yeah. continuity. Uh, yeah. We we all need that stability, and it, yeah. it's hard to be on the road for 162 games. It really yeah. is, uh, and that's what it has to feel like. Uh, you know, so we talked about Noah. One guy we won't see today is Joe Adele, back in the lineup today for AAA Salt Lake. Right now, he has 10 homers in 17 games at, at Salt Lake. Now he's also has 27 strikeouts in 17 games at AAA. So you can see there's still some things he needs to work on, but you know. The Angels, they're on the precipice here are just being done for the season here, Fred. Uh, I, I think you and I both, are, our, our dark horses are both really floundering yeah. now. Your Angels and my Nats. Uh, and, you know, you know, of course, the Angels don't have Trout. They, they've already had two stints where they didn't have Rendon. Uh, there's no urgency here, though. Adele's not getting the call. Brandon Marsh isn't getting the call. They're, they're content with Taylor Ward and Juan Ligaris. Yeah, I think they're giving up. I think I think it's early. Sorry, sorry, Angels fans, but they're last in the division. They're minus fifty in run differential. Only the Tigers and the Orioles are worse mm-hmm. in the American League, and the Orioles are barely worse. Like they, uh, like I think they're. I think with Trout out, they're giving up. I think if Trout was here and they were five hundred, Adele would be up. So now I think the timeline for Adele has shifted to let's make sure we get Adele right this year, and then yeah. when he does come up. He stays, and that's the end of him being a minor leaguer. I think that's the the philosophy that they're looking at now, rather than could Adele help us get one or two more wins in June, because that might be the difference in us getting a wild card spot. I think they might be giving up now because of the because they're behind and because of the trout injury. Yeah, I, and I, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. They have, and, and the thing is, they have allowed the second most runs per game in baseball. Can you name a team that's that's worse, actually. Worse for allowing runs. Well, I do happen to have the standings up in front of me when I was going over those uh, run differentials. But uh, no, actually, I don't see it immediately. Who is worse than them for allowing runs? My Cincinnati Reds. Oh, 5.62 runs per game. Oh, runs per game. I was looking at total runs allowed where the Angels ah, are first. They must play a little more games. but They play two uh, more games than the Reds. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And that's and not all of them have been allowed by Luis Castillo. It just feels like it. <laughs> Still rolling them out there in my tote NL lineup almost every week, except every game, except the Coors one. I've had him out there. You so know, I don't know what his ERA is in, other than the Coors game, but it's still not very good at all. No, so. it, it's not. Well, at least you had him out for that disaster. Honestly, I'd still, I'd still trade for him. The velocity's yep. there. Um, we're doing this mid season draft. Listen, I are. And there was a Twitter thread going. I said, I'd probably consider him around pick 150. Is that outrageous? Nope, not at all. I mean, you don't have to use him. If you take him at pick 150, you don't have to use him for his, like the first time you have him, right? Like you could, but you don't have to. I'd have That's a hard trick. time not using somebody that I took in the 12th round. Uh, I don't know. I, I could at least look, I could at least look at it a little bit. The thing with Castillo is, so his first start of the season was a disaster. And mm-hmm. then the course start was a disaster, but anyone that was a one start week, anyone who used him the way he was going at Coors deserve what they got. If you don't I'd agree with that, if you don't look at those two starts, uh, he hasn't been good at all, but he's more been like, like generically bad. Like he keeps letting in like three or four runs over like mm-hmm. five innings or something like, it's like five innings, four runs, four and a third, three runs. Like he's not good. He hasn't been good. I'm not trying to say he's been good at all, but you could have, you could have missed the one big blow up. I think him around pick 150 makes sense. Uh, and, but I do think, okay, so let's say you take him around the 12th round. He's probably what at that point, maybe your number three, four, something like that. I think you could set that guy the odd start if you don't like the matchup. Um, 
you know, it depends what your rest of your pitching looks like. But so that's the hard part is if you took him as your ace, uh, like that, I keep rolling him out there and tout NL because like, what else am I going to do? It's tout NL. Like right. I, I don't play Mitch Keller, but every other starting pitcher I have, I play. Um, I just need the strikeouts. So, um, and, in, and same with in a mixed league, like if you took him as your ace, I think you almost, cause, because you don't have the pitching depth unless you've gotten lucky, gotten Rodon or Alex Wood and stuff like that. But I think, I think if he's your third or fourth pitcher drafted, I don't think, I think in, in that Memorial Day league, you could draft him and not necessarily be tied to using him every time out. Yeah, maybe maybe you're right about that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to do the, if you could trade for him, what would you offer? If you had him, what would you accept? I, I, there's there's could be two different levels, obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, let, let's throw out a couple of names. Um, would you accept Jose Barrios for him? I have zero Barrios, so I'll take two seconds here to just familiarize yeah. myself. Yep, I think that's so too high. Actually, I, I think I'd I snap Brios. That, I actually. take Brios for sure. His Brios's numbers this year are exact, almost almost exactly what I expected them to be. The whip's a little low, but other than that, yeah, yeah, I take Brios for sure. Yeah, let me let me look, pivot a different way. Like if it's course. a set and forget type pitcher, then I'm I'll do it. I think okay. that's kind of which is why I think your round twelve assessment. I think that's when we start getting into pitchers who are not totally a set and forget pitcher. Charlie Morton, yay or nay? I'll take Castillo. Okay. Um, I just think Morton hasn't been good either, and the upside is higher on Castillo. I, I think I just crossed my fingers on Castillo being better. Okay, fair enough. And, and I guess that's also the order I draft them in, right, if if, right. Uh, if I was drafting on the weekend. So I view Charlie Morton right now as, a, like, I'll use him some weeks and some weeks I won't, depending on what the matchup looks like. That's where right. he's kind of gone down to that point for me. Like, he hasn't hasn't been good this year, wasn't good last year. Um, I'm going to evaluate him like week to week. And that's kind of where I'm at with Castillo, except the unfortunate thing with Castillo, like I said, is a lot of us who have him, you, you spent so much to get him that you just don't have the depth behind him to sit him. Yeah. That's so, right. Unless, unless you, you magically found some of these guys who have emerged, right. Uh, like Freddie Peralta or some guys like that. Carlos that maybe yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, how do you value Carlos Rodon, by the way? I take him over. Luis Castillo. Um, I, I, I would, uh, I would, I have some Rodon in a couple leagues. Uh, I would view him as probably going into your draft, like a number two. I was thinking about this actually going to your draft. Like there's the aces, the obvious aces, Scherzer mm-hmm. and all those guys, DeGrom and all them. And then there's like some guys like Woodruff who have pitched their way into being aces, Lance Lynn. I think after like who have like a long, a good track record prior to this year, even Corbin Burns have a track record prior to this year and have been awesome this year. I think mm-hmm. once we get past those guys, then I'm in on Rodon. That makes sense. Yeah. So, like, like I think anyone, anyone who was really good last year and has been really good this year is ahead of Rodon. He falls into the next group of guys who have been like not really good either year or, or really good this year and not good last year or vice versa. But I, I would draft Rodon. Well, Rodon will go way higher than Castillo in your draft. I think. I think so too. Yeah. How about another problem child this year, but pretty good last year. Blake Snell came off as a, Tough, tough start yesterday uh, against Milwaukee. Can't go deep into games. Where would you put him in this list? I'll take Castillo over him. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm not a. Bla- I'm, a, I'm like not a Blake Snell guy. I never really have been. Um, 
I just feel like there's always just like, other than the one season, there's just always like ifs and buts with him. Like 2017, the ratios were high. 2018 was the amazing year. 2019 and in 2019, 2017 and 2019, he's hurt at times and the ratios are high. And then mm -hmm. last year they were pretty good, but he's averaging like four and a half innings, like 11 starts, 50 innings. He couldn't even average five innings to start last year. This year, he's not averaging five innings to start. The ratios aren't good. The walk rate's way up. I'm just not, I find he's all over the place. I think I would rather take Castillo and just hope for like a full rebound. I just, I will be surprised if we have a stretch this summer where Snell's like really good. But if Castillo got his act together and we had a month where he had a 2.3 ERA and was like great, six innings every start, I wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me if he got his act together. Cause like you said, the velocity is still fine. He was such a high end pitcher before I'm going to put Snell kind of with, I put him ahead of Charlie Morton and behind Castillo. What do you think of that? I think you're right. Actually, I, was, I did a little bit more looking on Snell and you know, whip is a category mm -hmm. and it's, he's had one good year, one year where he's really helped you in with last year, 120. Okay. That does, that's, that's fine, but it's not like, Oh, he's a huge plus there. Uh, it, you know, instead he's, you know, okay. He's a little bit above average uh, and he just doesn't go deep in the game. So you're getting fewer innings of that too. Uh, you know, the plus side, 67 Ks and 44 innings, the negative side, only 44 innings and 28 walks to go with it. Yeah. So looking back on and his strikeout rate, even though it looks good on K per nine this year, it's, it's, it's the opposite of what I was saying with Kyle Gibson. It looks great on K per nine. His strikeout rates the same. It's the same as it was basically the previous, basically his whole career. Like it's 33%. Last year it was 31. The year before it's 33. The year before it's 32. It's the same. It's just, it's just his K per nine is higher because he's walking more batters. So he's facing more batters. But if you go back and look at the Blake Snell trade, like who's the organization who, which is the organization that understands pitching the best, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It's If it's not the Dodgers, it's, it's the Rays and it's probably the Rays because they do it without the budget of the Dodgers. It's one or the other. Yeah. Like, like the Rays understand pitching so well and somehow they traded Blake Snell to the Padres and everybody was like, okay, now he's going to be free. The to gloves are off. Yeah. The gloves are off. He's going to throw six innings and pitch just as well because the Rays don't know that he could have been doing that all along. Like they don't get it. He could have been doing that all along. Well, here we are a few months later and whatever's happened to him in San Diego, he's not pitching as well as he did with the Rays, which shouldn't, I guess in hindsight, shouldn't be that surprising, right? Like the Rays know what they're doing. Yeah. Even though they, they it might've been a mistake in the world series. And I think that was, it ev been. everyone had that in the back of their mind and yeah, yeah I get it. I get it, but uh, yeah, ouch. Uh, that, that's so it, it's like it might have been a mistake in the World Series, but the overall totality of what the Rays do with pitchers typically works as well as what any other team does with pitchers. So if they said, you know, this is the best you can get from Blake Snell, it's not going to get any better than this, and they traded him, I don't know. It's hard to, yeah, looking back on it, not to say the Padres do a bad job or anything, but it's hard to think that they could unlock something that the Rays couldn't. That doesn't happen very often. Joe Sheehan has Snell in uh, mixed labor with us, and he was musing about even dropping Snell. He's so frustrated. And I go, and I go you know, there's trading allowed in this hypothetical yes. league, and yes. there are people that like to trade. Then I looked. I've, I've got 12 points in whip. I'm not touching them. No. <laughs> I've, got, <laughs> I've got a ratio to protect here. I have yes, three he points in wins, mind you, but I can't go that route. Yes, he, he would be a target. Joe, if you're listening, he would probably be a target for someone like me. I, I complained on the 
on the weekend that six of the first seven pitchers that I drafted in that labor league were on the IL, not have been on the IL are currently on the IL. Six of the first seven are on the IL right now. So I'm just holding that bad. It has been that bad. And it's, it's uh, Zach Gallon and Framber Valdez and Kenta Maeda. And it just kept going on and on Jake Odorizzi and Drew Pomerantz. Like, if I drafted you, you were on the IL. I have Brandon Woodruff trying to carry a pitching staff that's been taped, taped and glued together. So it does have Carlos Rodon now, thanks to Fab. Um, it has Austin Gomber, thanks to Fab. Hopefully, at least I got him. I got him for this week. Hopefully, that turns out continues to turn out well. And uh, but I, I, in my situation where my team's been so decimated by injuries, I might be the kind of guy who would say, sure, maybe. Like I'm not really a Snell guy, but if I was a little more, I might be like, sure, I'll I'll buy low on Snell because I might as well take a chance on turning the staff around. Hope that they all get healthy later, and I can roll out like a really awesome staff in the second half and. And make mm-hmm. up a lot of ground. So I think if Joe wanted to trade him, there's someone who would, but he'd, he'd just have to like sell quite low on him. Oh, let's make this happen. I mean, what can I get you to offer him to make this this go? All Here's right, a, a hitter, Roster's right? Coming up, it's got to be a hitter, given all your pitcher issues and the fact that you, but you do have. Oh, well, you never know. Maybe Joe would just like someone who's actually pitching. Do I have some guys who are pitching well? I have Alex Wood. Would you trade? I wouldn't. I don't think I know if I trade Alex Wood for Blake Snell. That is just that that in and of itself illustrates the problem. You know, yeah. how can you if you're Joe, how can you trade Snell? I mean, that, that unless you're cause, Alex cause he, Wood, Alex Wood feels fair, doesn't it, with his injury history? Yeah, I it might be if Joe's going to trade Snell, he wants to get like hitting, perhaps. I was thinking because if you're going to trade Snell and you're already bad in ratios, how do you improve when you trade away an ace? No, it's true. Yeah, well, yeah, it's true. Well, no, it would be like, well, I was trying to think of like an overachiever. Like actually, I think Alex Wood fits the bill quite well because you're not getting like the Carlos Rodon types. But Alex Wood is someone who's pitched like great this year. Like he he started the year late. He already has five wins. He has a 193 RA and a 105 whip. Like he's mm-hmm. been great. If he doesn't get hurt the rest of the way, like he should be really good. So if if Joe could go out and find like a like an Alex would, like a, if Kyle Gibson wasn't hurt and, and Joe really believed in him, like go and find a guy who is not a name guy, but you really like, and you really believe in, um, you know, would that be, would that be worth it? If, if Joe could go to the guy who gets Alex Manoa and on, on Sunday night and be like, sure, I'll take I'll take a risk. So it'd be, be more Joe just washing his hands of Snell maybe. And maybe that could be picking up a pitcher who's not a name guy, but is pitching well, Mm-hmm. And Joe th- and Joe thinks he can keep it up, and whereas the other guy just looks at Blake Snell and is like, "I got to take Blake Snell for it. like if Joe offered me Blake Snell for Alex Wood, I think I'd have to think long and hard about it." And yeah. be, uh, just thinking about a preseason value and just be like, uh, "It's hard to turn that one down." But Alex, I think so. I the more I'm thinking about it, I I would think long and hard about that. But but Wood's the kind of guy who it, when he pitches, he typically pitches really well. It's the injury history that would give Joe pause. He, he's pitching really well and his team's pitching well and he could keep it going. So yeah, on the hitter side, um, I have a disappointing, I don't have a lot of hitters to trade either because I have injured hitters too, but a disappointing Ian Happ, that would be maybe in the ball. Ian Happ started to come around. Yeah, I know. he has. He's healthy now. Sure. I have a disappointing Tommy Pham. Um, I have a pretty good, actually, David Peralta, who's been playing pretty well this year. I have a pretty good Eric Hosmer. Maybe something in kind of in, in that range would be like, it would be kind of what, like, well, like, where do you think Snell will go in your draft? I think I'm going to say round 
thirteen fourteen. Yeah, that's about pick one sixty or so, one seventy. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably about. So that. if you, so fast I won't forward. be there for him. List is going to push me to try to get him because he's mm-hmm. like all about Snell, and I'm okay. Just not. I, I don't have any Snell this year, so right. And you I don't, don't and this wanna, isn't the time to start. So I don't I think, really need to, to, that's not an itch I have to scratch. Right. So, I mean, if you're Joe, like if you could see those Memorial Day draft results, look at the group of players who go kind of right around him or right after him, pick out someone, mm-hmm. you, a few guys you like and start offering out from one, some one for ones to see who would like him. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Moving on from Snell. Uh, Anything else? Uh, okay. Oh yeah. You mentioned you, you got, you gombered the, instead of getting gombered, yeah. gomber, gombered them instead. Uh, actually he pitched, it didn't make any sense at all. I, I don't know why I tried to <laughs> use that as a verb this time. He pitched very well against uh, the remains of the Mets lineup where you have, you know, James, uh, James McCann batting third. You've got uh, Thomas Nito batting fifth. Um, you know, the guys I haven't heard of are getting hurt in games. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's sad right now, and uh, and they're not getting some of these guys back. McNeil and Conforto aren't coming back for at least another month. Uh, it's tough. I mean, stream against the Mets, people. That's what we're trying to tell you. Absolutely, and I think that was I. So I only got one Gomber for this week, and it's in our labor league, and where my team's kind of hopeless. I wish I had got him in some other spots because I think the matchups this week were too good to ignore and he -hmm. had been pitching well and like that met you so because he had the Mets early in the week you knew that he wasn't you knew that he was going to get that bad Mets lineup like maybe by the end of the week they get some guys back but you knew he was going to get the bad Mets lineup and then he gets the Pirates on the weekend like maybe he'll reverse gomber me and you know stink against the Pirates on the weekend but I mean it's certainly off to a good start I tweeted out you know about the fifth inning last night like looking back on it like how could almost how could he not be successful uh, against that lineup. So, and he, and he was, he was, he was even more than successful. Eight innings is, is pretty impressive, but he's been pitching well. Now I heard you say to Scott, I think, were you, Oh no, you were talking about Marquez that no matter how well he did this week, you would not give into the urge to keep him for next week. And maybe I'll just keep him on my bench, but I probably, I, I won't use him. How about that? Right. That's right. So that was my thought with Gomber. Like, like everybody says, he's just a streamer for this week and maybe he is, but he had been pitching pretty well. So if, if he follows this startup with a good win against the pirates, I mean, you don't, I'm not saying you use him next week at home. You don't, but the following week he's on the road. So if you like, maybe you keep him on your bench one more week, I don't know, maybe not in a 12, but maybe, maybe keep him on your bench one more week and use him on the road again next week and just kind of take it one week at a time with them. I don't know, but uh, I feel like he can't, the, I think, feel like getting Gombert is going to stick no matter how many good two start weeks he has on the road the rest of the way. Um, but I have a really I, damn good season for that to happen. Yeah. I will. I'll feel bad for the guy if he has a great season from this point out and we're still saying get Gombert in September, but it yeah. might sometimes things stick. They might. So it just, it flows so well. So let's push this Mets theory to its limit. Kyle Freeland, Antonio Senzatella, any interest in either of them against the Mets this week? I will not take the one who's facing DeGrom. I'll pass on that. Although That's the Mets typically never score runs when DeGrom's pitching. That's true. So, yep. You know what? I would stream either one of them. Yeah. How about that? Like yeah. in the next two days, I think I'd stream either one of them. What about you? I just picked up Senzatella while we were talking. <sighs> Darn it. In friends and family? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have a lot of innings in friends and family, so that's okay. <laughs> um yeah it, it's it's kind of funny uh that but yeah i i will do that i think so uh yeah there you go um yeah it, it's 
it's a sensible solution, I think, to try to do that. And I'm not. I mean, how bad against that. that lineup? Like, how bad could it really go? Right? Don't, like, like. Oh, that that's just tempting fate. Asking it, and framing <laughs> it that sort of way. No, I'm what serious. Could possibly like, go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I know it's baseball, and anything can happen, and you can't predict baseball or anything. But man, I don't know that lineup they put out there last night. Like. Like I feel like any major league pitcher could at least at, at worst go like five innings, three runs, something like five innings. Four. I feel like five innings, four runs is the absolute worst it can go. And even that's not like a total killer, like that ruins your week. And I, I think the odds are really high that Sensatella goes at like five innings, two runs, six innings, three runs, something like that. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that's the most streamable lineup. Do you think it's the most for 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 a week? That's the most streamable lineup in baseball. I don't think it'll last. Like they'll get yeah. healthy again. Yeah, I mean, I think Pitts, uh, Pittsburgh's evergreen. Mm-hmm. Recent results, notwithstanding, Detroit is evergreen. Seattle is another t- uh, lineup on yeah. attacking heavily. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I made yeah, a point like, of getting Caprelli in just for the start against them this week. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll write our Yahoo articles sometimes about lineups to stream against, and, and it'll be based mostly on like which lineups have been the best and worst this year or in the past month. And that's all good advice. But sometimes the best advice is actually just to look through the injury report and find the team that's missing half their lineup and throw out all the stats. Because if you're missing half your starters, how you've done this year or more, half how, you're, how you've done this year doesn't matter. It was, it felt like for Gomber last night, it was basically a free ride after the cleanup spot, like all the way down until he got to the top of the order again. And, and the guys who are in those spots, the, have even played well, like Lindor and Dom Smith and guys like that. But it felt like a free ride from about five to nine last night. It did. It did. Yeah. Uh, to that end, my Reds. I mean, they're missing some significant bats in that lineup. They got shut down by the Brewers over the weekend. Are you interested in Joe Ross tomorrow against them? No, I don't think so. Like, I don't think I've totally, like, how bad is the Reds lineup right now? Like, it's, I know they're missing some guys, but I feel like the Reds are deep enough that the lineup, I'm looking to see if their lineup for today is out yet. Oh, it's always the first one out. It's it's is that's that right, a good eh? thing about them. Um, Suarez is batting leadoff today. I wanted I to mention that. that to you. <laughs> I saw that. So they're going Tyler all Stevens or nothing. Tyler has been playing a lot of first base lately. So when I look at that lineup, it's not pretty good. thin. It's pretty Ooh, thin. That's, that's really bad, actually. It's and really bad. Suarez Although, isn't hitting. I mean, and Suarez has been horrible. Yeah, horrible this year. One forty-eight. Yeah, but Winker, Castellanos, Naquin, like those are some guys who have had some moments this year and can do some damage. It's not as bad as, I think it's not as bad as the Mets lineup. Yeah. It's, it's I, You're understating Winker and Castellanos. They're leading the NL in hitting right now. Uh, one and two. Mm-hmm. I think it's Castellanos one, Winker two. Uh, they, they've both been amazing. And yeah, 356 right. so, and 355. So that alone keeps them above where the Mets are at right now. But I think the Reds are a perfect point. I, I wrote an article maybe three, four weeks ago where I said the Reds were one of the best lineups to avoid because they were. They were deep and they were hitting really well at the end of April and they had great numbers and they were, they were a lineup to avoid with your streamers. That is that Mm -hmm. article is old news now. And now they're at, at least a lineup to consider attacking, if not full out attack, but like it, it just shows you what a, like two or three, four injuries can do to a lineup, right? You take Votto. I know not yeah. that Votto is amazing. You take Votto out. You take Senzel out. Akiyama's not in there even to fill in for guys as a depth player. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, all of a sudden, here we are. And the problem is, is they have outfield depth. It's the infield that's making that lineup so bad. Yep. Just highlighting Sanford talking. And what about the Brewers? Is that a lineup to streaming? Yeah, they strike out yes. a lot. 
you know, Yelich didn't start yesterday. We should have mentioned that. I mean, he homers on Sunday on a 3-0 count, first homer of the year. And then he's back in the lineup tonight, by the way, uh, So for what it's worth. But, you know, I, 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 how is he getting a scheduled day off after, like, only – a few a handful of games. I yeah. guess it's just because they were tra- it was a travel day yesterday. Maybe that's our travel day Sunday to Monday, and you just want you know want to give him the day. I guess uh, he was DHing in the KC series. Uh, I think he got a day out of the lineup on on Saturday against the Reds. Had a pinch hit appearance, struck out, but they've been very cautious with him since coming back. Yeah, for sure. That Brewers lineup. Yeah, it's so it's not the worst like when you look like often what i'll look at with the nl lineups is like is like five through eight right before mm-hmm. you get the pitcher spot they're not nervias has had a decent season kane the major leaguer travis shaw hasn't been good willie adamas hasn't been that good but i don't know it's better than what i just saw i think with the reds lineup um i wonder if teams are going to change a little bit how they construct some of their lineups i think the giants are a really great example this year where the giants lineup is just like the giants not their lineup sorry their roster is just really deep and they can lose Tommy Lastella and just plug in Donovan Solano. Who's not right. awesome, but, but, but he's not awesome, but he's not these guys. The Mets have been rolling out. Um, if you look at the giants lineup, most days it's different every day, but you got Brandon Crawford, sixth, you got Solano seventh, you got Steven Duggar eighth today. You've got, you know, Austin Slater on the bench today. Who's got yep. some decent numbers this year and can come in and like, it's a lineup where the guy who hits first, second, third isn't really much better than the guys who hit sixth and seventh. And maybe that makes the Giants are winning. Like they're doing pretty well. Maybe that makes them more sustainable. Some of these lineups, like I look, I'm just scrolling through them right now, like Cardinals, like six, seven, eight, Carpenter, Sosa, Lane Thomas, like not good. Right? Well, yeah, they the, just lost those guys. I mean, again, look at yeah. the injury list. There you go. I know. Uh, speaking of injuries, uh, one last uh, question, mm-hmm. and then we'll sign off for today. Uh, Mark asks, how long is Trout out? Would you t- t- uh, try to buy low on him for the rest of the season? Yeah, I think they said six to eight weeks, right? Oh, they did. Uh, so we're still five to seven weeks still remaining. Oh. Uh, it's a long ways away. Yeah, going on the Scott Pianowski theory, seven more weeks, right? Uh, it is Mike Trout and he will probably, knowing the competitor in him, he will probably battle to get back. But uh, I would assume seven more weeks. So you assume all of June, I'd say at best, he comes back right after the All-Star break and maybe more mm-hmm. likely a little later than that. So would I try to buy low on him? Yep. Well, I'd, I'd try. I'd see what what's out there depending on the makeup of my team. Like he's mm-hmm. he is the kind of talent who can come back and make a huge impact right away. So yeah, I would, I would be interested in seeing maybe the person who has him is way down in the standings. And it just says like, I can't wait around six or seven weeks. I'll take your pretty good player for him. Cause I need someone in my lineup right now. So yeah, I'd make an offer. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for today's podcast, except Fred, do you have anything you're working on? You want to talk about? Uh, no, going to look at actually last when we talked about Joe dropping Blake Snell last week, I looked in Yahoo at, hitters to drop who are widely owned. Talk to some Glaber Torres, some Brandon Lau, some of those guys. This week, I'm going to talk pitchers to drop. We'll see if Snell gets on in that article or not. I bet he will because there's a lot of 10-team Yahoo leagues. All right. Very good. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we got, uh, we, we've got we uh, got the Prospect Podcast. I imagine a little Alec Manoa will come up with Clay and Probably. James. On Thursday, I've got Bubba, uh, Casey Bubba, joining us again. Uh, Brian Enterek, uh, he's now in Tout Wars. We're just, we, we, we're, he's He's always on uh, Fantasy Twitter. Doing a great podcast with himself, and he also does one with Batflip Crazy Toby. So uh, lots of stuff to talk about with him. 
Uh, and then we'll have, of course, two-star starters on Friday. I want to thank everybody for listening. Please, as always, subscribe. Give us a rate, rating, a review. We do appreciate that. And if you have actual feedback for us, you can leave it in the review, or you can tweet at us, at Jeff underscore Erickson, at Fred Zinke MLB. Uh, again, our, this podcast is sponsored by WinBet, W-Y-N-N. Bet. If you're allowed to bet, go to WinBet. Check it out. Uh, that's going to end it for today. Have a great day. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.